speculation, gossip, or hoax. Rumor has it. I think it wasn't a surprise when we found out that there are rumors that Mario Kart 9 is in development right now at Nintendo because it is one of those big titles from Nintendo that, you know, you expect to release every once in a while and it's been a while since the last Mario Kart game. But the thing that everybody's speculating and trying to understand is the concept that there is going to be a twist in this version. So uh, this discussion on the internet was brought up by a game industry consultant who, uh, by the name Dr. Sirkin Toto, uh, who basically said that, yeah, Mario Kart 9 is obviously in the works and will include, uh, in quotations, a new twist. And this is what sort of has gotten a lot of people talking. Um, for a while now, Mario Kart, every in installment in the series, has almost been the same game with added mechanics like anti-gravity or double dash. Or um, I think there's also the, uh, the ability to fly sometimes across the map and stuff like that. So now everyone's saying, okay, what are some new mechanics that we can add to this franchise? Because again... This is going to be the ninth installment. Mm -hmm. You don't want to bring in a new, you know, new game like this without adding something new to, to really re refresh the franchise and then and, and get pe get people back to playing Mario Kart again. Honestly, I disagree with her last part when he said get back people to play Mario Kart again because Mario Kart 8 is still one of the best-selling games. True. A couple of years into its release because it's just that sort of game that. Just like uh, Mario, um, like when it comes to Super Smash and when it comes to um, Mario Party, even like games like Just Dance, etc. Those games that are party games and obviously there is also a competitive side to it. So it doesn't really lose track that much. It basically, um, let's say, satisfies two groups, which are the pros and the people have been playing this kind of game for such a long time. And also it satisfies the whole community game, um, group game setting, family game setting. So I don't think it loses traction no matter how repetitive it is. However, I understand what you're saying that they should refresh it up every once in a while. Now the guesses are, the most two prominent guesses is one, it's going to have a Smash style kind of character reveal where they're going to start adding characters similar to how Super Smash usually does, which already is kind of part of Mario Kart, but not to the extent that Super Smash is where it's kind it of like a big deal. It has complete crossovers, yeah. Exactly. Like it has a couple of them. You can play as a villager, you can play as Zelda, etc. But not. it's not as big as Super Smash. You don't see that many people incorporated or characters incorporated into the franchise but that is an idea especially at the scale of super smash or some other people are saying that it could be that it will borrow a load of mechanics from f1 race stars where basically it's going to have the same um damage system and you know basically in a way trying to rev up the way people pit each other against each other basically to make it a lot more competitive a lot more crazier and i think that both ideas work and i wouldn't be surprised if nintendo takes it a completely different way and gives us a truly new surprise you know one thing i always love to see any any arcade racing game that could pull it off uh there was a game back on the playstation called motorstorm apocalypse and it did this amazing thing where the world, like the, the racetrack you're in, is slowly falling apart. There's earthquakes and floods and 
the road would have to change and you'd have to shift with it. I love that. It'd be nice if there's some sort of like levolution of some kind that takes place in the racetrack. Maybe some sort of like, um, you know, easy mode, hard mode, etc. Maybe insanity mode and it can be something like that. Maybe call it na- nature mode. And yeah, where the, tr- you know how the, you have the same traps yeah. in the racetrack? They mm-hmm. change up and they become unpredictable. I love that. That could be it. We just, as usual, need to wait and see. Looking forward to the game, especially since even though the 30th anniversary of Mario was last year, there are many new anniversaries upcoming for Nintendo and they basically released a lot of their big games or hinted at them the past couple of months so this could be one of those it games of the year in 2022 text us for 215 or do tell us what do you feel about this change up is it gonna happen or is it not going to happen coming up next let's talk about something that is not happening which is the e3 2022 live showcase the physical in-person event however what is happening with the digital showcase let's chat about that coming up next right here on the afternoon cutting due to the COVID 19 pandemic it kind of threw off a lot of live events and one of them just happens to be E3. We didn't get E3 2020. We kind of got E3 2021 as sort of an online showcase. And this year, we thought that we we're going to be getting a live event for the first time in two years. But no, the Omicron strain just kind of threw everything off again. And people are worried about creating a super spreader event, even though this is happening all the way in June. But things are not that solid so they decided that e3 is not happening as a live in-person event but what is happening with the digital show honestly this is still even from other industry sources uh they have no no nothing to back up the fact that uh esa the organizers of e3 are confident about about announcing anything apparently it's quite silent there has been no talk or even insider knowledge on this matter um and maybe this is this is this is probably one of those theories where e3 even an e3 digital showcase might not even happen in retrospective last year e3 did have a digital showcase even had a companion app but unfortunately even that garnered a lot of criticisms there were tons of bugs it was pretty bare bones in terms of uh some of the features that were desired by users and what even happened at the time is a lot of publishers uh, basically had their own little digital space for them to promote their own games and it's like e3 wasn't much needed to fill in that gap Mm -hmm. and it's almost every year now the question comes back is e3 still a relevant event to have when all these publishers are kind of doing their own thing and relying more on doing their own personal digital showcases Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a it's a valid question it basically started this discussion because previously yes we kind of got a state of play every once in a while maybe but the only consistent thing that we often got was from nintendo so it wasn't was never really sort of a discussion up until now when both uh, Sony and Xbox decided to do their own thing alongside Nintendo and there's now even indie showcases that are separate from Nintendo, Sony and Xbox 
I'm trying to remember its name. I forgot what's it called. The one we spoke about not too long ago. And they were showcasing all kinds of chill indie games as well. So Mikhail is absolutely correct. Do we really need E3 anymore? Even though it is an outlet or a way for people to actually sit down and try out games. But since... That's not going to be happening for quite a while, especially with how COVID-19 is kind of going berserk across the entire world and it hasn't really calmed down and there are lots of restrictions on and off, on and off, especially flight restrictions. So it's all, it's all about showcasing your games. So Mikhail is right. Do we still need E3 or should they just completely cancel this entire event or is it because it's so fickle that every single developer were like we're just gonna do our own thing we cannot depend on ESA to be holding this kind of showcase we cannot depend on them to showcase our games you cannot wait for them either so it's gonna do our own thing especially since maybe their games are not done in time for E3 then they can showcase them a little bit later in the year so I think I believe what Mikhail is saying that perhaps E3 might be a little too old-fashioned now for all kinds of developers we're going to be taking a quick break and coming up next to talk about sega and nfts because they say that they might change their minds if fans see it as a simple money making machine as in it's not something the fans want they're gonna scrap it are they on the right track should they be listening to the fans should they follow the trends coming up next right here on the afternoon cutting Pulse 95. NFTs have been have become such a such a common topic, whether it's around the world or even on the afternoon karak, a recurring topic. And especially as we see more and more people, even big companies and video game production companies and studios taking on this interesting trend that I personally am very much against. And it's very interesting to see that how a lot of people are receiving this, especially Sega, because they said that they will consider dropping their plans to, well, drop NFTs if the fans believe that this is this shouldn't be the path they should be taking. So and now uh, we, we, there's always the common terms of free to play and pay to win. But now with NFTs, the new term is coming to light, and that is uh, play to earn. And that's where the NFTs come in. You're basically playing to earn a cosmetic that has monetary value. And these big game publishers are literally in the in the midst of basically deciding whether they need to implement it or not. And in a recent uh, meeting with some of the highest, ex- like high executives at Sega, who basically have been saying that there has been all these announcements from other publishers and the way they see it is that if we are going to sell these nft digital content then there how do they how do they basically mitigate the negative elements of it mm-hmm. where people can exploit it and do all sorts of scams with it and how much can we introduce this within japanese regulation because sega is a japanese-based company and even to uh you know other other countries as well and then there's also how do we uh, how do we get the users to accept this new play to earn system you know and it all came down to a conclusion saying that if it winds up just being this big money making scheme you know over game design then they'll have to pull the plug themselves mm-hmm. and i i i i am almost yeah, i'm i'm happy 
that they are they have there's a there's an ethos an eth- sort of an ethics behind it where it's like mm-hmm. if it's if it's too much and we can't really regulate it we're gonna pull out except for there's also other game publishers who don't care they know <laughs> nfts has something like you want to jump into this into this you know trend so you got ea you got square enix recently konami yeah with their 30 uh, 35th anniversary of castlevania selling their own uh, assets as for steam and valve they've completely bl- uh, banned any blockchain technology in a cryptocurrency of any kind so you, you could see that there are game companies that are still thinking about it there are companies that are doubling down and others just saying s- straight up no it is it is such a mixed reception just generally throughout this industry mm-hmm. and so now the question is play to earn is it going to be the next big thing can we regulate it can there be some sort of exploit is it is it going to just be a one big scam and it's people are going to wind up losing money they're going to lose their trust mm-hmm. in companies as well as even playing games it's just there's so much uncertainty as these companies jump into it it's it's crazy exactly and of course is it just a temporary trend that is one of the biggest questions as I well i worry that it might not be and it's gonna come to a point where i have to sit down and <laughs> really understand what <laughs> nfts are because sooner or later i might be playing a game and it's probably something i really wanted to play mm-hmm. but it's gonna have some sort of nft and i just that is now the standard again yeah. We, as usual, need to wait and see because <laughs> yeah. for now, and I think this might be the case, NFTs are such an exclusive sort of club that that's one of the reasons why people are so against it. They're not big fans of NFTs because they say that it's not a place for everybody and it doesn't seem regulated enough and it can never be regulated enough in a way that is ethical both for people and also for the environment as well. But again, you know the drill? wait and see we wait and see even though we very much uh, commend um, Sega for having this stance because it's always important to listen to your audience who are actually playing said games we're going to be taking a very quick break coming up next we're going to be talking about Scott Pilgrim getting an anime series and Wes Anderson tapping Benedict Cumberbatch Ralph Fiennes Dev Patel and Ben Kingsley for a role doll adaptation for none other than Netflix coming up next right here on the Afternoon Cut this is Pulse 95. One of the many facts about Mikhail and I is that we both share a love for Wes Anderson and Wes Anderson movies. Perhaps Mikhail is even a bigger fan than I am. But imagine the excitement that just burst out of me the moment I read this. Wes Anderson is making a movie with Benedict Cumberbatch. I just lost it because Benedict Cumberbatch is one of my favorite actors just ever in existence. So I'm so excited to hear that he's going to be pairing up with Wes Anderson, Ralph Fiennes, Dev Patel, and Ben Kingsley for a role doll movie. That's the that's the other aspect of it. For me, it's the fact that Wes Anderson is going back and he's 
you know, re he's adapting a new Roald Dahl uh, story because I, I absolutely love Fantastic Mr. Fox. He, he you know, like his his sort of cinematography still uh, works so well in stop stop motion animation, and uh, him coming back to do another one uh, after Isle of Dogs. I'm just. I, this is like the best of both worlds. You you you've you basically combined the perfect formula here. Um, this is also, I think, uh, one of Netflix's strategy as they've about a couple years back they've acquired uh, the rights to adapt a lot of all, most of uh, Roald Dahl's full catalog. Mm -hmm. There's going to be that. Willy Wonka movie. There's also the Matilda musical, mm -hmm. uh, and this this new adaptation is actually based on uh, a book. Let me try to find the title. The here. Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, and basically, it is for older kids, and it tells or it begs this question: If you could see with your eyes closed, would you use your power for good or for personal gain? Oh man! All right, already some. Uh, uh, meaningful questions to mm -hmm. be asked. Uh, also, this is a collection of short stories, so this could either be uh, a movie or... No, I think it will strictly be a film. It won't be a series because, uh, again, Wes Anderson still has... He has the ability to tell different stories into a film. Uh, for example, The French Dispatch. So definitely, definitely excited for this. I could not have asked for a better collage of creative people to be involved in this project mm -hmm. so it's just it's it's something i never realized i wanted until they announced this so oh I'm yeah happy. I, I love that it's feeling. like netflix new if they're gonna make roll yeah. doll uh roll doll adaptation bring wes anderson he already has the experience yeah he's done it before he's done a phenomenal job if you haven't watched fantastic mr fox please go ahead and you'll understand why he's the man for the job the question is will it be another stop motion Mm. Or is it going to be an animation, this is a different type of animation, or is it going to be a live-action movie? Whichever it is, it's got that Wes Anderson cinematic touch. Uh, we're, we're okay with that. Yeah. That's all we're asking for, so we look forward to it. Again, when is this coming out? We have no idea. They haven't actually said anything about it. As usual, this is the first announcement, so we just need to, as usual, wait and see and listen for more. Coming up next, let's talk about a new way to commemorate your car. Yes, when your car hits 50 million sold units, you turn it into a manga. At least that is what Toyota did. Let's talk about that coming up next right here on the Afternoon Karak. This is Pulse 95. It's almost 5 p.m. That was Afternoon Karak. For dessert, Aisha and Mikhail suggest... If you missed out on any of our discussion in this hour or the previous couple of days, do not worry. We do have a podcast. Yes, just search up The Afternoon Karak or Afternoon Karak wherever you listen to podcasts. And that includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Rami. Just search up Afternoon Karak and you will find our various episodes where we talk about all kinds of things. Today we spoke about Mario Kart 9, we spoke about Wes Anderson, we spoke about NFTs and so much more. So do not miss out on any of this. And also if you want to see our lovely faces, check out our YouTube channel. Yes, we also have a YouTube channel where videos get uploaded every single day. Just search up Pulse 95 Radio and you will find us there. Like, comment and subscribe. You will also find 
the rest of our shows also uploaded on their relative uh, you know their own podcast and also on our youtube channel and to wrap up we've got mikhail with one of our truly final suggestions here on the afternoon because as a reminder we are bidding farewell to the show very soon as mikhail and i take separate ways within pulse 95 radio with very different shows let's head to mikhail a heartful suggestion um it's crazy you know when you look back i think we did maybe 600 plus suggestions at this point uh, but here's a new one. Um, basically, I, I've been doing this thing where I'm relearning some of the already known vocabulary words, right? Mm. Uh, you already know the meaning of certain words, right? But what, so I, I suggest that you revisit the, the dictionary meaning and, and try to understand those words a lot better. Because I had this issue, I was having a discussion with a friend and you know, he would, he'd bring up gaslighting and I assumed it meant a certain way, but mm-hmm. he, he re-explained and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. That's what it actually means. So I think, my, you know, just it's a great sort of brain uh, exercise exercise to go back and relearn some known words that you, that you personally, you've known ma- for many years now, but maybe you don't understand its true meaning. Just relearn some vocab words. It's, I think it's a lot more... It's, it's going to be a little bit helpful for you. Oh, I love this. I love the suggestion very much. Wouldn't ha- wouldn't you know harm if you get a, a thesaurus? A thesaurus. Listen, this word has been the bait of my existence since I know the word existed. But check it out. I mean, you. Uh, this sounds very weird, but one of my favorite things to do when I was a kid was read through a thesaurus, and I'm not even kidding. It was just a lot of fun. But also remember, it's like Mikhail said. Some words might be synonymous with each other, but they might be very contextual. So learning their various definitions and relearning them will not hurt. But we're going to be taking, well, another break because, well, we've got Yalla Home taking over. And it's not going to hurt you if you stick around and tune into Pulse95. They're going to be taking over the airwaves here in Sharjah from 5 p.m. all the way to 8 p.m. with Anna Schofield and Big House. And we're going to be tomorrow, same time, same vibes, only here on Pulse 95. If you liked this episode of Afternoon Karak, drop a like and subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Instagram for all our daily updates and top stories.